have a chance to pick up your to pick up your lesson on your way in. Did everybody get one on your way in? If you don't have it, let us know. Is there still some back there, Janice? Okay. All right, there's two over here. Does anybody not have one who needs one? All right, Jane, David. Yeah, right here, David. There's two right here. I see. There's Jane's back there. She needs one. Jane Del Judas. Okay. All right. For anyone who just happens to be here for the first time tonight, we're we're in the the Faith Life Conference, and the conference has deals with the fact of, of living a life of faith, and that the life of faith is absolutely essential for the Christian life. It's not just that that's how we get saved, but that's how we walk pleasing to the Lord. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. It is what is the work of God. What is the work of God? To believe in Him and in Him, him, him whom He has sent. That's what faith is. We talked about that faith is so important that God defined faith in His Word. In Hebrews 11.1, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The title deed of ownership are things hoped for. Are that which is absolutely assured because that thing hoped for are those things that are the promises of God. So faith is based on the promises of God. What God says to us, what God promises to us, He will absolutely do. But not only that faith is the substance of things hoped for, it is the evidence or conviction of things not seen. Faith opens up the unseen, eternal, spiritual world to us. How do we understand that there is a God out there who is spiritual? How do we understand that there are heavenly hosts in a spiritual realm that is working? Matter of fact, a spiritual world that is more real than the physical world because it's the spiritual world that brought into existence the physical world. How do we know that? We know that by faith. And that's the definition of faith. We talk about the fact of how to receive a word from God. If faith is based on the promises of God, then how do you get that promise from God? Do you just open up your Bible and look at it and say, well, that, that's a promise for me right there. We said, no, that's not it. Because there are two words for word in the, in the New Testament. One of those words is the word logos. means the written word of God. That's what we have in our hand. Amen? Aren't you thankful for the logos of God? I am. Aren't we blessed that we can take and carry this word around and read it at home and carry it with us and have it as a source to memorize? We're blessed by that. But it's not the logos of God. It is the rhema of God. The rhema of God is the living word of God, that word that is spoken to us, that is brought alive to us, where the logos becomes applicable to us. That's the promises of God. And it says that faith comes by hearing, hearing the rhema of God. Hearing and understanding the rhema of God. So we, we've been journeying through this aspect of faith. We've been talking about a number of things. And it, it brings us to Hebrews chapter 11 again in verse number 2. So if you have your Bibles there, I'd like for you to turn there to Hebrews 11 too. You cannot, you cannot talk about and, and teach on faith and get very far from Hebrews 11. 
just can't. Because the entire chapter is based upon God's Hall of Fame, God's best doing what God has called them to do through history, and how are they unique? Every one of them lived by faith. Every one of them lived by that definition that is given in Hebrews 11.1. But today I want us to focus on Hebrews 11.2 and to see what it says that faith is essential for and what faith does for us. Listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 2. Have you ever focused on this verse? For by it the men of old gained approval. Hear that? For, for by it, what is it? Faith. This whole chapter is about faith. We just define faith, okay? So by it, men of old have gained approval. So look at that fill in the blank. What was the significant quality whereby men gained approval before God? Faith. Faith is the quality of how we gain approval. And that's what we'll be focusing on here, actually this week and next week, this particular chapter, this particular study. But every week I've given you an example of, out of my life, or our experiences, an example of faith. So I want to give you another one of those. And this one, it, this one really applies, and many of you would know this, because it has to do with our journey here at Parker. One of the most challenging things that God ever placed before us well, it was about seven years ago, we were approached by the First Baptist Church, the Armable, to help them out. First Baptist Church, the Armable, had gotten down to about 20 people in their church. They had asked a number of churches to help them, to come alongside and partner with them, and to help them to keep from closing their doors. But those churches had basically said, no, we don't want to take on that responsibility, and and one of the major reasons for that is because they had a mortgage, a pretty big mortgage, a mortgage of about $330,000. Now, they had pretty nice facilities, but their facilities were, were not well kept because they didn't have the money. They had all kinds of air conditions that needed to be replaced or repaired. They had a gymnasium that was where their worship center was, but it had no steeple on it, so nobody knew it was. They had a front porch on it. it just walked, you walked out of the weather right into it. Had no drive-through and everything else. So lots of things. But they had, they had reached a point of realizing that if they were going to stay uh, vibrant and be able to stay in that community and not be sold to some other entity, they were going to have to have some help. And Tom Bonds, many of you remember Tom. Tom was the pastor out that time. And, and he came and he uh, asked me, second go around, he said, uh, he said would you all consider helping helping us and told me the situation and and I just be honest I, I had enough to do my first gut reaction was thanks but no thanks just as what what everybody else had said but God reminded me that whenever I came here after I was here for about two years God revealed to me that we were not going to be able to reach our community through just this campus uh, people of other it's a very diverse uh, community Calhoun County is and people in one part of the county are not going to travel to other parts of the county. They don't necessarily feel like they fit in. And, and people of the Armable weren't basically going to ride into seven miles into town and come to this big stone church in the middle of town. But 
how we're going to reach our communities to have preaching points, our campuses, at different places. That, he told me that two years into it, and now we were about five years beyond that. And God just kind of uh, tapped me on the head. My head sounds kind of like that whenever he, he's talking to me, but he, he, he tapped me on the head and he said, you, you, remember what, you remember what I told you five years earlier? Remember what I told you about campuses? And I, and I did remember what he said about that. So I told Thomas, I said, well, let me, let me just pray about it. So when I began to pray about it, God gave to me uh, a vision about that. It gave to me a promise. Matter of fact, the promise is found in Isaiah 54, 2. If you remember it about enlarging your tent. That might be helpful just to look there for just a minute, just to see how a promise from God is given. And 54, 2, it says, Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out the curtains of your dwelling, spare not, lengthen your cords, and strengthen your pegs. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your descendants will possess the nation, and they will resettle the desolate cities. Hear that? Resettle. The, what had happened? To the, the army become pretty desolate. And what it need? It needed to be resettled. So God gave to me that word and that promise, and we put together a, a group of people who would, who would meet together and pray, and when we went to that first meeting, everybody else kind of had the same idea, idea, I don't think we'll do it, but we said, let's just get a, go apart for about two weeks, let's pray, fast, and come back together. And when we came back together, everybody was absolutely unanimous that we needed to do something, that we needed to be a part of that. And so we went out and we met with the church and we had requirements of them and uh, all kind of things. But, but through, that, through it all, we eventually take over uh, that and rename it Parker Memorial, the Armable Campus. And we call a Pastor Joey, who's been out there for seven years now, and he's done a great job. And we sent some of our people out there to help and we rebuilt buildings, our, our remodeled buildings and repaired buildings and did all the things along with taking over a $330,000 mortgage along the way. But our people were gracious enough and believed God's purpose enough that we came together and we pledged what we'd do. We're going to try to pay for that in, in three years. But in 18 months, if you'll remember, in 18 months, we had every bit of that paid for. It was all paid for. Every repair was paid for. About $450,000 worth of repairs and everything that was paid. But every bit of that was paid for. The church was thriving running over 100 in Sunday school and, and in worship, and they were till COVID happened, and they're still, still strong and vibrant at this point in time. But never did we have a blink along the way. And how is that? Because God gave us a word. God gave us a promise. God said, go enlarge your tent. This is what I want you to do, settle that desolate area, and it's to be vibrant again. And a number of people have come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. There's a whole group of people out there who are members of that fellowship who would never come and join our fellowship necessary, but they're a part of our church family. And all of that is, is a journey of faith because we believe God. Where people were saying, no, 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 we're not going to do that. No, it's too big. No, it's too hard. God said, do it. And whenever we were willing to, by faith, step out and do what God said, it really wasn't a challenge to get it done. Because God has no problem taking care of His people and taking care of His promises whenever we do what He calls on us to do. So every time you ride by the Arnville, every time you think about the Arnville, 
you need to let that be a reminder in your spirit that God is faithful to His promises. And God can do the impossible. And that God is there always to listen for us to believe Him and then to do a mighty work when we do believe Him. Now, back to this lesson. What was significant quality whereby men gained approval? Listen to what it says. I cannot think of a better commentary on a life than that a person gained approval from God. Can you, can you think of a better word? I mean, I, I just, I, I've said that, Lord, when I get to heaven, just mark on me approved. Amen? Just stamp on my head that, that I have been approved. Because there's no higher calling, there's, there's no greater thing that can be said of anybody than that they've gained the approval from God. Gain the approval from God. Each of us has the same opportunity as any of these people in God's Hall of Fame to have the approval of God as we live by faith. Now get that in your mind. So many of us say, man, look at those people over there in Hebrews 11. Look at those people over there. I wish I could be like them. You can be exactly like them. You can live exactly like them. Because what God called them to do was live by faith. What he calls on you to do is live by faith. Now you may not carry on the same activities they do because God doesn't need you to carry on those activities. He needs you to carry on the work and the activities he has for you to do in your time, in your place. And how are you to carry those on? By faith. And you will gain the same approval of, as any of these if you will simply live by faith. By looking through the list of people in Hebrews 11, we're able to discern how important faith is in every aspect of life. I want us to look at a few of these men. The first one is Abel. It's found there in verse number 4. Listen to what it says. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous, God testifying about his gifts, and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain. In your notes right there, what would we say? By faith, Abel worshipped. Write that down. By faith, Abel worshipped. When he offered that sacrifice to God, that was his act of worship before God. He was saying, God, you are worthy. And God, I'm going to do what you would tell me to do. And by faith, I realize that you are and you're a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. And he offers his sacrifice by faith. Therefore, he worships by faith. We have learned that one purpose for being created is to worship God. You remember when we shared that? That we are created for His good pleasure. We are created to bring Him pleasure. And one of the things that gives Him pleasure is that we worship Him in spirit and truth. Well, we, we are created to worship God, to offer Him praise, glory, and adoration are important practices as a child of God. But did you realize that faith is essential for true worship to be offered to God? Think about that a minute. Faith is absolutely essential 
for true worship to be offered to God. Now, there's some important words there. For what? Not just worship, but what? True worship to be offered to God. Do you think it's possible that we could get together on Sunday? Now, I, I, I can't imagine it. But you think it's possible that we could get together on Sunday and we could sing hymns of praise, our choruses, or whichever one you like to, and gather here and not worship God? Do you think that's possible? you think that's possible to go through the, just go through the motions and, and, and stand up when they tell you to stand up? You know, we Baptists are great. We, we're just like Catholics. Have you, have you ever been to a Catholic Mass? Have you ever been to a Catholic Mass? You know the most uncomfortable thing about a Catholic Mass? Is you don't know when to genuflex, you don't know when to pull the, the kneeler out, when to get down, when to get up. And they don't really tell you. You're just supposed to know that. And boy, that's uncomfortable. We Baptists don't know what. We Baptists do the same thing. As soon as we finish that first hymn and say the prayer, we're going to sit down. Does anybody have to tell you to sit down? No. Matter of fact, they better say, remain standing. Because if they don't say remain standing, we're where? We're sitting down. Has it ever been possible for you to go through an entire service, and by the time you get through the service, you don't remember one thing you said, one thing you sung, one communion you had with Almighty God? It's kind of like that experience. Have you ever driven home and wondered how you got there? We sometimes can go through worship exactly the same way and not accomplish a thing because what? We're not focusing on a God who is. And we're not, we're not considering that He is worthy. And we're not thinking about His grace and mercy and kindness to me. What, what causes us to think that? Faith. Our faith says He is. Our, our faith says He rewards us when we diligently seek Him. Our faith says that He is worthy of worship. And to have true worship, you have to have faith. Cain, his brother, offered worship, but his wasn't acceptable to God because it wasn't offered by faith. Look, look what the next statement. The fact that Abel offered his sacrifices by faith made them acceptable to God. Whereas his brother Cain did not make his offerings by faith, therefore Cain's sacrifice was unacceptable in the sight of God. Do you realize that worship is offered to God by faith. Would you, would you please, if, if for no other time, this coming Sunday, if you're in worship, would you let it run across your mind just one time, okay, just once, that, man, I need to be doing this by faith. I need to be worshiping and praising God by faith. I do not need to be absent-minded. I do not need to go through the motions, but I need to be here by faith because I want my worship acceptable to God, approved by God. How? By faith. Well, look at the second thing. It's about Enoch, verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God took him up, for he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. How many of you ever heard of Enoch? Yeah, yeah. 
Any of you ever heard of Enoch? Let me see those hands. Yes, uh, y'all got oh, y'all got arthritis or something? We're down here. You know, arthritis people are down here like this. You know. Yeah, we've seen that. What about Enoch? We, we've heard about Enoch, Enoch, haven't we? Yes. He was the guy who what? He never died. He was just carried up. He was carried to glory by God. Now, now could you imagine? Could you imagine being such a man that God just said? I'm just going to take you on now. Yeah. Kathy, you think that's going to happen? Yeah. Oh, okay. You're just going to walk. One person described it this way. A little boy was describing it. They asked him about Sunday school, and they said, yeah, I learned about Sunday school. I learned about a, name, a man named Enoch. Well, I said, what did you learn about Enoch? I said, well, that, that said Enoch said Enoch was this man. He, he just walked with God, and he and God were walking one day, and said they got to a place, and God said, well, Enoch, you're closer to my house than you're so. Why don't you just come on with me? That's a pretty good illustration, isn't it? You're closer to my house than yours, so why don't you just come on with me? What was the one thing that is said about Enoch? What, what was the one thing to describe about Enoch? It's, it's found there in that, next, uh, in that next verse in our second. The outstanding quality of Enoch is recorded in Genesis 5.22 and 5.24. Then Enoch walked with God 300 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. What is the outstanding quality of Enoch? By faith, Enoch walked with God. He walked with God. How do you walk with God? Enoch would cry out that it is by faith. Everyone has an answer to this question, but the Word of God reveals that we walk with God by faith. How do you walk with God? By faith. So, in the book of, of Hebrews, in chapter 11... He's taking these men and he's helping us to understand these, these are the essentials of, of how you're going to live life. The, the first essential about that and the foremost thing is that you are to worship God. And how do you worship God? By faith. And the next thing that God wants you to do is God wants you to walk with God. Each and every day you are to walk with God in fellowship with God, talking with Him and Him with you. Walking in His truth, learning more from Him each and every day. And isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? How do you walk with God? By faith. By faith. Well, look at the third man. The third man, somebody we know pretty well. His name is Noah. It's found in verse number 7. Look what it says. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence he prepared an ark. Now, Abel was known for his worship. Enoch was known for his walk. What was Noah known for? 
His work. <laughs> his work. What did he build? He built an ark. How many of you have been to Kentucky to see that replica of the ark? How many of you have been? You need to go up there. I'm telling you, you just need to go see that. That's, a, that's an amazing thing. To just see it and, and imagine the size of, of this big boat. And, and then to imagine that people without skills, they built it with power tools. But imagine somebody with no power tools and how that had to be engineered and how that had to be put together to build this boat that's going to withstand all of the storms that were going to come in the midst of the ark floating. And all those animals got to be taken care of for all that period of time. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. The engineering feat is beyond, beyond imagination, really. I, I, can't, I can't imagine that. When I, get, when I got on that boat, all I could think about is I've had animals. We've had horses and we've had cows and we've had whatever you have. had goats and whatever. Kendall's had them all, so whatever, Kendall, whatever one, Kendall wanted them. If she could raise them, we could have them, you know. But, but we, we, all this, man, they, they had a lot of work to have to do with that. Tell me about it. Would you imagine being in charge of the elephants? Goodness gracious. All that, but, but all of that was worked out. And all that was planned and all that was done by, by Noah for he worked. And how did he do that work? By faith. By faith. Look, when you think of Noah, you immediately think about the ark that he built. For 120 years, Noah worked on building an ark for the salvation of his family and two of all living creatures. What kept Noah at the task of building an ark he had never seen? Could you imagine it? You're building something you've never seen before. And to escape a flood that the world had never experienced. Never seen a flood before, never seen even rain before. At that particular time, it was the dew and the mist that brought the moisture to the earth. So, it's going to flood. Remember what those, everybody else was doing when Noah was building the ark? What were they doing? Making fun about it, right? But Noah kept pressing on. What caused him to do that? The answer is faith. Faith is what keeps us at the work God calls us to do. Without faith in God, we would be tempted to what? To quit. Stop. So Noah is the example that you must work by faith. You worship by faith. You walk by faith, and you work by faith. Three things which every believer should be seeking to do. Worship God, walk with God, and work for God. And Hebrews 11 clarifies that each is done by faith. We'll stop there tonight. We'll pick up there next week. The next week's the next... Next part of Hebrews 11 about a family who exemplifies all of those things in their walk and in their journey with the Lord as well. I want to encourage you, worship by faith, amen? 
Walk tomorrow, tonight, wherever you're walking, walk by faith and do the work God calls on you by faith. It's worth it. God bless you. Have a good rest of the week.